0: Hey everyone, Jeremiah Isley here with Board Games FM, powered by TheologyOfGames.com here on Anchor. It's October 1st. Welcome to October 2017. And we've got a few things in store for you today, including that piece we promised yesterday on A Fox in the Forest from Foxtrot Games and a few other things coming your way. But don't forget to call in on the segment of What Will You Play Saturday? We want to hear what you're playing this weekend. Let us know, and let's talk about it.
1: Hey, it's Scott here with Board Games FM, powered by Theology of Games. What are we playing Saturday? Well, it's actually Sunday, but my nine-year-old has been begging to play. Can't stop this weekend, so we'll probably play some of that. Maybe a little Star Wars Rebellion. He and I are in a game, and so... We usually play one game or one turn every few days, and then maybe I'll introduce him to Spoils of War, the fun Liar's Dice game that we will have a review of this week, so we'll have to see about that. What are you guys playing this weekend? Let us know. Bye. Hey guys, it's AJ Skifstad coming at you from Board Games FM, powered by Theology of Games. Today I wanted to take a second to talk about board game components. Now recently I was on a Kickstarter that I backed, I was on its page, and I was looking at uh, comments that were left by the backers, and I saw a lot of backers complaining about some of the components of this game. They were complaining about the artwork and some of the pieces, and they just weren't thrilled with everything that they were getting, yet they already backed the game, knowing what it looked like from the beginning. So here's my question, are we, as the gamers, Are we okay expecting fantastic components from these companies? Before you answer that, I mean, think about it for a second. If you've been in the gaming world for any amount of time now, you've heard of games like Puerto Rico. You've heard of games like Power Grid. If you've played them, look at the components in it. Look at at Puerto Rico, for example. The Colonist, our little brown disc. Now, today, if that were a Kickstarter project, we would demand meeples. You know, that, it's just crazy. But but you look at Power Grid, and Power Grid had paper money. Believe it or not, it was paper money. They upgraded the game, and then they went with plastic money. Now, today, I feel like that would be a thing that gamers would flip their lid about. But those were fantastic games. So, do the components devalue a game? And certainly not in the case of Power Grid, and certainly not in the case of Puerto Rico, and many others but that, that are older. But... I think that there's something to be said about good components too. They can certainly enhance a game, but do they make or break a game? So I don't know. Can we demand great components from these game distributors? And you got to think about it. Not not all these game distributors are uh, big, huge money-making industries. Some of it's just some couple guys in their basement who came up with a fantastic game idea. Are they going to be able to put out the best components? Probably not, even if their Kickstarter is funded. But does that mean we discredit their game due to paper money or little brown discs? You tell me. I want to hear your thoughts. Post them below. Good questions. Components, necessary or not? Catch you later.
0: All right, this is Board Games FM, and this is Josh Sipos. And as always, Board Games FM is powered by Theology of Games. I've got a few minutes here to talk about The Fox in the Forest. Fox in the Forest is a game by Joshua Burgel. It is also published by Foxtrot and Renegade Games. And let me tell you, I love this game, and everyone who I play with Loves this game, which is always a plus. So, The Fox in the Forest is a two-player trick-taking game. Yes, you heard me right. A two-player trick-taking game. Kind of unusual. Most trick-taking games are more than two players. um, But I love this. It's a great two-player game to sit down. Just some quick words about the components. They're great. Um, The game comes in a small box. It's about two-thirds of a full deck of cards. Um, the scorekeeping chits are little cardboard chits, and they're nice there's a couple reference cards which are great and I I love this game and I love the components the cards feel great they shuffle great they hold up well too so two-player trick-taking game how do you like it I love it because they use a really interesting scoring mechanism and I won't get into all the details of how the game plays because in the end Think Euchre, two players, you're there. So what are the unique things about this trick taking game? One, the scoring. Like I said, so there are some different scoring tracks which make this game super interesting and keep it new every single time, in my opinion. Um one thing is as far as scoring goes, you know, most trick taking games take the most tricks, and you're in business. Well, in this game, if you take the most tricks. Um, which is up to 13, you're considered greedy and you get zero points. There's, based off the number of tricks you take, you're gonna get a different number of points. It's not one trick equals one point. So if you take zero to three tricks, you're considered humble and you'll get six points. If you take seven to nine, you're considered victorious and you'll take six points. Like I've already said, if you're greedy, you take all the tricks, 10 or more, um, you're gonna get zero points. And then there's this section of defeated, four, five, and six tricks will get you anywhere from one to three points. So each game is really interesting because you're playing up to 21 points. And each round that you play to get to that 21 points, maybe you're going to get most of the tricks. Maybe you're going to get the least of the tricks. Maybe you're going to get somewhere in the middle. So you really have to strategize throughout. So how do you strategize? Well, It is a trick-taking game. They use the term decree, which goes with Trump. So think about Trump. you got decree. So there's a Trump suit, and you're going to be taking tricks with your Trumps. But the other thing you can do is every odd-numbered card, 1 through 11, every odd-numbered card has a special ability. So if you play the 1, you're probably going to lose that trick. It's the 1. You have to follow suit. So if they've played a suit and you play the one, you're going to lose that. But here's the sweet thing. You will get that next lead. So the next hand to be played, you lead the next trick, which is amazing. Um, If you play the 11, super powerful. They have to, if they have any of that suit, they have to play the one or the lowest. You know you're going to win. Now they might play a 1 and take over, but still, the number 3, which is the Fox, when you play that, you get to change the Decree card. Maybe things aren't going your way, maybe the Decree slash Trump isn't working in your favor, or maybe you actually want it to work against you, so you get 0-3 to tricks and get 6 points, but just switch out the Decree card if you've got a 3. So every time you play one of those special cards, it takes action and you get to change things up. So there's a lot of strategy between sitting there and thinking, Hey, do I want to take, let me look at my hand. Can I take all of these tricks or do I need to take the least number of tricks? And as the as the round unfolds, I've found that almost every time what I thought I was going to do in the beginning, I have to turn around and do something different. So each game is exciting. Each game is different. The Fox in the Forest. Check it out at your local game store. Check it out online. Um, Go to the Board Game Geek page to learn more. It's a fantastic two-player game. Everyone who I've played with loves it. Check it out. It's awesome. I've got nothing bad to say about it. And I hope you enjoyed the segment.